Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. A couple of days off for the England team and dare I say it, the Talk Sport team too. So, a chance to listen back. Mark Nicholas with the England uh, uh, fast bowler, former Robin Jackman, in conversation during the lunch break on day two at Cape Town's Newlands Cricket Ground. Um, a lot of friends of yours will be listening. Gareth Batty was very quick to come and say hi and pass on uh, fond wishes from Jeff Arnold, our sparring partner in your Surrey days. Uh, this remarkable career of yours that, that's taken taken you to South Africa and has become your home, your Cape Town life is, well, it's a wonderful place to live in, in so many ways. You've played cricket here. I mean, you've had quite a journey in your career, haven't you? I can't think of... I don't, if I had to do it again I'd do it in a heartbeat because it's to have a, a passion for something like I do for cricket and you do for cricket and be able to stick with it for as long with beyond your playing days right when you when you're playing and so on but to be able to get involved either in coaching or in, in broadcasting as a case with both of us uh, it's almost a privilege to be able to stay in touch with something that you really love and it's it's been it's it's been a great journey it's taken me all over the world um, and I places that like the Caribbean you know it's quite expensive to go to the Caribbean but when you're getting paid to go there it makes it that much easier you did cause quite a rumpus when you went there didn't I mean, oh, you the first got thrown time, out yes. of Guyana. Yeah. I mean, you Dismissed. had these connections with South Africa. Really disgraceful for you. You were making an England debut at 35, I think I'm right in saying, in theory, and it was curtailed because they didn't want you in Guyana. It was only when you got more sympathy from the politicians in Barbados that it finally happened. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was an interesting little spell. Um, it. Uh, th- I've got to say that the. The MCC, which were the colours we were playing under then, um, were quite strict about exactly what would happen. If Guyana didn't want me, 
then the whole team would go home. But it wasn't that simple because all the islands, as, as you know, have independent governments and so on and so forth, so they could make up their minds as to whether they were prepared to carry on with the series. And fortunately for me, it did carry on because I, I played my first test match in, in Barbados that, on that trip. Yeah, there was a tour led by Ian Botham. And a very difficult tour. West Indies were a phenomenal side. You were playing against the greatest collective fast bowling attack there's ever been. And a bunch of batsmen such as Viv Richards and Gordon Greenwich and Clive Lloyd, who are amongst the greatest players that have ever been. So with respect to your fast bowling skills, what, you're just a midget. You're five foot nine, aren't you, or something? I mean, please. It was green, so was it gave me a little bit was of... Was it really? Oh, not half. How many of it was fluorescent green. Okay. Mm. For their quicks, did you take wickets? For their... Tell the world about your bowling um, in that match. I got a wicket with a f my fifth ball in Test cricket. Uh, Which was who? Greenwich. I yeah, think. pretty good. It pretty was good one player. of them. It was Greenwich or Haynes. It was one of he them. He could bat that Greenwich, didn't he? Um, and he's just been knighted, yes, I noticed. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is Sir Clive. Sir Clive Lloyd yeah. also. So the three people you mentioned are knights of the realm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was a hard test match for us because um, we put them in, we won the toss and put them in, and they got they got enough, you know, they got 200 or, or whatever. I think, you know, I'm, somebody probably phoned me back and say, no, you didn't, you batted first, and, because I'm not very good on statistical memories. All I can recall thinking to myself, and I was always quite a positive cricketer, I always felt that, you know, nothing was insurmountable. But I, my messages going home were, I don't, I don't see how we can win this test series. We can't, I don't see how we'll have enough time to get 20 wickets uh, in the day, or in the game, not in the day, in the game. Because you could bowl as many bounces as you like then. And if you couldn't hook, you couldn't score. And so it was a, it was a case of survival to a degree. Um, even for the best of the batsmen. And you couldn't score at any sort of rate to advance the game to give yourself time to get 20 wickets. So Remind us of the West Indies bowling attack. Oh, it was very ordinary. Holding, Garner, Roberts, Croft. <laughs> and that Croft was nasty. Oh, and we had a, we had a friendly warm-up game. When the tour, it said the tour would continue, we had a, what they labelled as a friendly in Barbados, and that bowling attack was Marshall, uh, Clark, Hartley Elaine, I think. Daniel. And Daniel. Wayne Daniel. Yeah. Useful. Yeah. Uh, how about now? Uh, John's just been on uh, and tells me you've got Greenwich and Haynes. He just looked at that and Clive Lloyd. Ooh, there you go. all in the same innings. So, so you were christened by Alan Gibson, the cricket writer, the Shoreditch Sparrow. But you weren't. You never came from Shoreditch. No, I didn't. I think it was something to do. I think he felt, for some unknown reason, I was reasonably theatrical on the field. Well, he were. Correct. Anybody and, uh, applauded? You used to shout, "Thanks, Mum." Yeah, yeah. She was always there. Yeah. And there, apparently, the, the Shoreditch Sparrow was a, um, a an actor in the local theatre or whatever. So. Surrey Cricket's in great shape. I mean, you're probably well aware of that. You played in a tremendous side when you emerged as a young cricketer in the mid-60s. You've seen cricket in so many 
decades. It was the game of black and white TV in, in the mid-60s, and, and, and you came on the back of real luminaries, didn't you? A Surrey side of people like Peter May and Alec Bedser and, and Jim Laker and Mickey Stewart. Surrey cricket is an enormously strong part of English cricket at large. Uh, yeah, I, th I think there was a time when, when people used to say if, if they aren't players from Surrey and from Yorkshire, in the England team, then the England team's a weak team. I think that was very true to a degree. Surrey won a championship eight years running in, the, or seven years running in the 50s, and then Yorkshire sort of took that over. But those names that you mentioned are so familiar, not just because they were wonderful cricketers, but because they were just about still on the staff when I was having trials and things like that. Kenny Barrington, uh, Peter Loder, Roy Sweatman, you know, it was it was a, it was really something to suddenly find yourself amongst these amazing yeah. players. And then when you came here in the early 70s, the standard of um, domestic Curry Cup cricket was so strong, wasn't it? So many fantastic South African players emerging in what then became, over the 70s and 80s, the strongest, perhaps collective group of South African cricketers ever. I, I think you're right. It, it's uh, it, it's it's a tragedy that that team wasn't exposed more across the world because I would love to have seen how uh, the South African side of the 70s would have gone against Australia and would have gone against England and the West Indies uh, but that wasn't to be and, and because of the uh, the apartheid situation and getting kicked out of the game for 20 years but it was it was a um, the experience out here wasn't just curry cup cricket. I came here in 1968 because I turned pro in 65 and I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't getting into the Surrey side that much. And I thought I needed to get out of England in the winter and go and play somewhere, wherever, and to get better, to improve. And through um, Jeff Howard, who was, the, who was the secretary of Surrey at the time, he had a, a contact out here and I came out and played for Cape Town Cricket Club and overseas players weren't allowed to play in the Curry Cup at that stage. But to give you an idea of how strong club cricket was, the first game that we played was against Stellenbosch University. Eddie Barlow opened the batting, Andre Brains came in number three, Mike Proctor came in number five and pushed off the sight screen when he wasn't bad. I mean, I thought, well, this is club cricket. Yeah, right. I've come yeah. to a good place. Yeah, interesting. I, I played here in 89, and, and um, the we played in a 60-over um, competition semi-final against the university side, and there were 19 first-class players on the field. We opened the bowling with Garth LaRue and Stephen Jeffries, and then me as first change. Frightening, eh? Uh, there were two Kirstens on the field. Um, you, you uncovered a lot of players. You, you, not, you, only, you didn't only play here. I'll come back to Rhodesia in a second. But while I'm on the subject of Western Province, where you began here, you then became coach. And, and you were um, very responsible for, for the, the first part of the careers of guys like uh, Gary Kirsten and Jacques Cullis. Yeah, I, I can't claim uh, Jacques. He was still at school when, when that was going on, and Duncan Fletcher. You was, rang me about him. Was his mentor? I told Duncan. Yeah, I told you. You I, rang I, me. I you said, him. "There's a boy playing here who's going to be as good as Barry Richards." Mm. Well, the late Hilton Ackerman and I went to Weinberg Boys High School, and this 13-year-old he'd just gone into the senior school, was in the nets, and he couldn't he couldn't make a bulge in the netting, but everything was perfect, absolutely perfect. 
and he bowled some seamers, nice sort of action, good seam position, and that's it. And as we left the school, Hilton said to me, we've just seen a future test player without a shadow of a doubt. And he, he was that stylish then. And then, of course, he grew as a man. He was only a little, little reed of a boy at 13. And he grew and uh, started to be able to hit it off the square. My goodness me, didn't he do it well? And now he's back, of course, as batting consultant to the side with Mark Boucher as coach and Graham Smith as director of cricket. Funny how the wheel turns, isn't it? And you, you, you must look now with some hope because it's been a very difficult year for South African cricket. You watch it with still a forensic eye. Are you feeling positive? Uh, to a degree. It, it, we must. I don't know how long this can last. The, the 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 situation at the moment. Everyone's in an interim position. Nobody is sure what's happening to the current um, cricket South Africa board, and so it's a, it's it's sort of very much in abeyance. We're we're not quite sure. Graham Smith's only come in to do this job for three months before he goes. He's got an IPL contract. He's got to go to. Uh, but that doesn't mean to say he can't come back from that. Uh, Jacques Fall, who's a wonderful administrator, it's the second time now that he has he has been a, an interim CEO, uh, and he's immediately sort of made himself felt. But I don't know. And, and Mark Boucher, uh, I hope, wants to hang on to the job. Um, and, and stay where he is. But it's just, I just got a feeling, to answer your question, I'm, I'm not sure, because I, I've got to see this go right. on a bit yeah, longer. Okay, you want a little more proof. And, and uh, Where do you put Vernon Philander in the Pantheon? 220-odd wickets at 21 and a half. I mean, it's jaw-dropping, isn't it? And he's retiring. Shame, isn't Can it? Can you believe it? Uh, he's... He's really proved that with a, with a bit of hard work, when he started out, he was, a, he was a little bit more overweight than he should have been. And, you know, one or two people had a word with him and said, you know, if you, you want to play this game properly and at the top level, you, you're going to have to do a bit of work. You get yourself really fit and practice more than you are and so on and so forth. And give him his credit, he took it on board. And he's turned into one of those, he's almost, I don't know, is he comparable to Richard Hadley? Is that, is that? Well, he isn't as quick as Hadley. I no. mean, funny enough, I think he's comparable to James Anderson. Okay. I, I yeah. think they're sort of similar. They both take their wickets by pitching the ball up and moving the ball. They use skill as their first weapon rather than speed. They both have good brains for the game. They both have staying power. Um, I, I think he might be a little more brilliant uh, with using the Kookaburra ball than Anderson, but Anderson in English conditions is almost without compare. Um, I, I'm just a sort of rather in awe of his record. I mean, he's played cricket all around the world. He, he sort of trundles in, doesn't he, and lets yeah. it go at about 125, <laughs> 130 and gets everybody out. He, he, he gets top players, he gets the top order out, which is fantastic. The other, the other thing I, I wouldn't mind knowing if I was one of these research boffins is how many fivers he got in, in his first ten test matches. It, he just kept knocking the Did he storm the game, didn't yeah, he? Well, yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. And he went to places like New Zealand, which 
Um, okay, there might be a little bit of grass there. There isn't a great deal of pace in those pitches, and he did well there. And he he didn't let himself down on the subcontinent. No, it's no, interesting. Yeah, it's fantastic to think that your period from mid '60s to now involved with cricket. You know, seeing it up close and personal. And yet things like figures don't change, you know. They're the best bowlers getting as weak as at 21 and a half. So too the best bowlers of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 from Fred Truman, who you would have first admired, who took him at about that rate through Malcolm Marshall all the way through to now. And, and when you watch the game today, do you still like cricket as much as you ever did? Yes, I do. I, I, I hesitated for a second because it's it, there are three different formats now and another one coming in in, in England shortly. Um, but this game that we're here to do is is still, to me, the ultimate the ultimate test. Uh, I, I did a little function last night for Lord's Taverners South Africa and Michael Atherton very kindly agreed to come along and have a chat as, as, part, as part of the entertainment to the dinner as a fundraiser for Lord Stavners. And uh, my final question to him was the future of Test cricket and what does he think of the four-day game being passed by the various countries and therefore Test cricket coming down to four days instead of five. And he did a very interesting thing. He said, before I answer you, Jackers, there were 200 people in the room. How many of you in the room would like test cricket to change from five days to four. Not one hand winner. Mind you, it wasn't a youthful room, which might have something to do with it, but not one hand went up. And I thought, I thought to myself, I don't want that to happen because uh, I've seen so many brilliant fifth days. And on top of that, you need five days quite often purely because a day gets rained out somewhere or you lose a lot of light, particularly in, in, in Asia. It gets dark very early. And so you, you kind of need that extra time. That was a good point. Vernon took, wait for this, wait for this, four fivers in his first six innings. Six, six, six tests. Oh, his first six innings. And 51 wickets in his first seven matches. 51 wickets in the first seven test matches. It's phenomenal. Just by wobbling it around on a length. Yeah. Uh, that is skillful, isn't it? That's he reduced free. Australia to 21 mm. for nine here. Mm. Um, who come on the best players? You come on, you've got to tell us. Best player you ever bowled at? B.A. Richards. And you got him out more than anybody else. Do you know that? Yeah, seven I do. times. I do. It was in his book. I think actually. you told me, actually. Yeah, I probably <laughs> did. But it's interesting. It's quite interesting because who was it who wrote? Who was it who wrote Barry's book? Played for Hampshire. Um, Mur Mur Andy Murter. Andy Murter. He got hold of me and he said, "Would you like to contribute somewhere along the line?" And I said, "Sure, here's a contribution." And I gave it to him, and he, he printed it word for word. And yes, I, pl I mean, I played against Barry more than most people because I played against him in, in the Curry Cup here, and. and Surrey versus Hampshire in England. So yes, I did happen to get him out more often than any other bowler. But I think he averaged 87 or 85. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> good, good qualification. It was like Court Dupree bowled Jackman 172 and so on. And so it went you, on. You obviously know who got me out in the last game we played against each other. Sylvester Club. You. <laughs> Shame. 
Hope you enjoyed that uh, fascinating listen. And there'll be more of the same in the third test match at Port Elizabeth as well. Mark Nicholas will be sitting down with a former South African great uh, at uh, both the third and fourth test matches. So uh, uh, if you miss it, of course, it will be replayed here on the following on podcast. But that's pretty much it for today. Uh, we'll return tomorrow. But for now, thanks for listening. Subscribe and review on Acast, iTunes and Spotify. You've been listening to the following on podcast. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 